On today's Question of Faith, should we take Shia LaBeouf's conversion story seriously? everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I'm the director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Kayla Gill, the Creative Project Coordinator. Hey, Kayla. Welcome. How are you? Hello, thanks. First time here for Kayla, so Indeed. welcome to the show. Yes, and, thank you for um, having me. Yeah, and so what we're talking about is, you know, Shia LaBeouf did this interview with Bishop Bob Barron, and... Um, he talked about his recent conversion to Catholicism and talked a little bit about his, his sort of checkered past and that that has kind of led him uh, into this conversion experience. He was offered a position to play Padre Pio in an upcoming Padre Pio movie that will be released. And uh, he really kind of got into the role, so to speak, and, and talked about his doing the research for this movie uh, led him to a deeper experience of his newfound faith. Um, so what, we all watched the interview. What did we think um, in terms of this? Kayla, you're new to the show, so you can go first. <laughs> uh, I was personally very fascinated by, by – I was very excited when I saw it pop up. Um, I, I follow Word on Fire, so I saw it you know, pop up, and I got really excited. And like, I think I immediately watched it. Um, so I'm also a convert to the faith, so I was very, you know, that's part of my fascination, I think. So uh, it was really interesting. Um, you know, I've heard, I don't follow the news, like, actively, so I've only heard, you know, through word of mouth sort of various things going on in the Shia. Um, but I don't follow it very exclusively, but I have heard some of, like, you know, his past history of trouble and things like that. And but I've always kind of, in the things that I have seen him in, and in, like, I've seen him do interviews and things like that in um, in, in recent years, uh, I've always thought of him as a very intellectual, uh, interesting person. Like, he seems very smart. Uh, so I was really excited to see kind of where all of this would be leading him. But um, That's interesting, because he often says that he's not very smart. And that he, like, sort of rails so you. Like, well, not like that whole yeah. thing in the in the Baron interview where he's mm -hmm. just like, no, no. He said, I don't, I don't like method acting. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like intellectualizing all this. He said, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to feel what's going on. Mm -hmm. He goes, it was that that part I found really interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah I think it's artist smart. Yes. Yeah, that's so, right. different yeah. kinds of intelligence. Yeah. Yes. Bruce Springsteen will say something like this when he, someone will say, "Did you did you know all that when you were writing that song?" And this is after he has explained the depth of all the lyrics, and he'll say, "No, but I felt it all." Yeah. And it's the yeah. artist's intuition where there's a great understanding on um, no, the Thomists are going to get mad at me on a on a on a less intellectual <laughs> level. I know I know understanding is intellectual, but sure. then it's the unpacking of that that more visceral experience yeah. that you come mm -hmm. to understand and be able to put things conceptually for others. So yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's the kind of intelligence he has. It's yeah. an artistic intelligence. I think intelligence. I have that. Yeah, yeah. I think Same. that's right. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's we're all creatives. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I interrupted you. What, what else were you saying about? Um, no, I just, I found it to be a very interesting. Um, I, you know, I think his journey is, was, I found it to be very relatable in a lot of different ways um, to my own conversion. Mm. Um, there are some things that he said that I was like, yes, you know, totally felt that too or totally had that experience. Um, 
I I don't know how much you want me to jump. I mean, like we can keep going. I mean, we yeah. can we can we can just start to talk. What about your father? What do you yeah. think of the interview? Well, as I think I've said on this show before, I'm, I'm I consider myself part Capuchin because <laughs> I when I started studying at Borromeo when I was 18 years old, I had Capuchins uh, teach yes. me philosophy and scripture. And then when I was away at, at CUA, I lived with the Capuchins at right. 4121 Harewood Road, Capuchin College, for two years. So friends with the Caps. I visited the Caps in Tanzania. One of my best friends in Rome, Tommy Pranzo, OFM Cap. His real last name is Piolata, but I call him Tommy Pranzo. <laughs> so I think it was Tommy who sent me the video when Shia first encountered the Capuchins. And if I'm not mistaken... <coughs> He was in a really bad way and found himself yeah. in a parking lot, yeah. and it was the Caps who came to him and yes. just started some dialogue. And then it was a video. This was like a, at least a year ago where he was hanging out with Caps, and one of our former Borromeo guys I think was part of the novice community because all the novices from all around the United States go to California for their novitiate. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who this guy was. What I don't even know if I've seen him in a movie. You know, I just said the same thing to Caleb yeah. before is we started. He's like a Marvel comic guy because if he is, yeah, I no, wouldn't have seen him. he was no. in Holes. He was yeah. in yeah. Transformers. Um, nope, definitely haven't seen Transformers. Yeah, Transformers. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Nope. I saw him in that. He was, in the, peanut, he was in the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is I've heard very, that, and I've seen, very good. I've yeah. seen that title on a plane, but I never watched it. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is I didn't. I knew the name, but I didn't know who the guy was. Um, I didn't know much about him, but I do love conversion stories. And then when I heard that he went through this conversion and that he sat down with Bishop Barron, I thought, well, this is going to be interesting to Mm -hmm. watch because I wanted to see what he had to say. And I, too, was fascinated by it. And he definitely is like an artistic genius. And I think that's the intelligence you're talking about. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, a weird kind of strange guy. Mm -hmm. And it didn't surprise me that... A saint went after him because this is often how conversion happens. It's not like you're looking for someone, but it seems like Padre Pio was going after him. Mm-hmm. And in having to figure out who Padre Pio was and celebrate Mass and kind of go through those sorts of things, um, he went through a conversion. And mm-hmm. his experience of being around the Capuchins um, changed his life and mm-hmm. entering into deeper prayer experience. So. I mean, the question that started the show, like, should we, what was it? To, do we should take we take it seriously? seriously? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let me let me back us into that a little bit. So, mm-hmm. like, I found this whole interview um, not from the interview itself. Like, I was reading an article that my buddy, Father Jim McDermott, wrote in America about this and said, okay. and he said, well, you know, this guy was accused of abuse. And his criticism was more of Bishop Barron's interviewing style with him and said, you know, he didn't push him on that. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't say, hey, are you penitent about this or... And in some ways, he sort of has recast him as sort of the victim as opposed to the woman that he abused. He said, mm-hmm. you know, now, now the woman is, you know, I looked at this woman with a lot of anger, he said in the interview, and now I could see that she kind of saved my life. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so we're sort of minimizing the woman's abuse, and then we're putting into this you know, that he's the victim, mm-hmm. was the point of the story. I, eh, yes and no. Like, And then I went and watched the interview. I actually watched it today. Mm-hmm. And... I was with you, Kayla. I was yeah. like, wow, this is really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, it yeah. seemed to me that the interview with Bishop Barron, that, I mean, I don't recall them talking about it at all. You know, I don't think. He talks about himself a couple times. But yeah. yeah. But it, it didn't seem to me like that was anywhere close to the point of the interview. It seemed to me like it was all, almost all about, like, his experience, his conversion experience, you know, what, what drew him in and mm-hmm. things like that. And they just really kind of dove in and deeply explored that. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, 
whether or not we should believe him, I, you know, I think I have several different thoughts about it, but he seemed pretty authentic in his testimony, I thought. You know, like he seemed like he was speaking with humility. It was coming from the heart. Um, uh, he speaks of, you know, a great fear that he felt in being tasked to play the role. And then just how he kind of fell into it with his ego leading him mm-hmm. as like, you know, this could really, you know, uh, be really great for me, you know, draw me back into, you know, making good movies, working with good people, you know, making money again. But then it actually, you know, the ego got out of the way and just really opened up his heart into this whole other, you know, conversion experience, yeah. which I thought was really beautiful. Yeah, it was interesting. He was he's talking about at some point, like almost like he doesn't use these words, but he was always talking about being canceled because of this experience. Oh, like yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood wanted no part of him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't getting any roles. Agent wasn't calling. No one was calling. And he was like really down. His mother had disowned because him because of the because accusations. Of, because and of the accusations, yeah. yeah. And um, and then finally he, he got this opportunity, and they said, "Oh, William Defoe's going to be in." It was like, "Well, yeah, that's yeah. it. I can make a movie with William right. Defoe. I'm back, baby. You know, exactly. kind of thing." And he said that his ego was what made him take the role yeah. because he was like, well, I can get back into Hollywood through this movie. Mm-hmm. But then what he discovered was something much more, what, you know, much richer than what he expected. Right. So then he started to do research and parked in the parking lot of the Capuchins. And, you know, little by little, he started to get to know them. The Capuchins reached out, drew him in with their love and like started feeding him. And he started hanging out there and staying there. And, uh, you know, he started... He talks about, like, encountering relationships with these guys in a way that was in no way transactional, which yeah. was so different than what he had experienced before. And he was like, these guys didn't want anything from me. They weren't asking me to sign anything, yeah. you know, and I had nothing to give them. So it was good that they weren't asking. So, but he just, it seemed to me he just felt, like, very genuinely loved, you know, by them. And that just really helped to open up his heart even more, I think. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I think that, like, the question about, like, taking it seriously, I think, is, well, did he just do this to get back into Hollywood? Or Mm. or is he just saying that he's converted now to dissuade people from the notions that he abused somebody? Yeah. And I don't think that's – after listening to the interview, I don't think that's true. Like, I I was like, no, I think this is really genuine. And I think think the other side of it is, like, did he do this to get back into Hollywood? That part, I think, is true. Mm -hmm. But both of those things could be true. He could have done this to get back into Hollywood. He even said that he did it to get back into Hollywood. It just changed his life in a way he wasn't ever expecting. Yeah, both Mm -hmm. of those things can be true. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, okay, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, um, in terms of, you know, you brought up a good point when you and I were speaking before the show, um, where you said, should we believe anybody's conversion stories? You know, a lot of times they kind of seem like they're kind of out of left field or these like, you know, uh, unearthly sort of experiences. I guess they are in a way. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, I would just say like, to me, like when I converted to the faith, like, I just wanted to run a thousand directions at once, you know, like I, I just didn't even know where to start. And like, I just wanted to like act and move and Mm. keep, you know, I had the fire burning and didn't know where to put it basically. Um, so I had a spiritual director and he helped to guide me and that was a really great choice. But, um, I, so I would say like, if you really, if you, you know, you really care about whether or not he's being authentic, like, look for action yeah. over words, you know, because anybody can say anything. Sure. But, you know, if we, you know, 
if if you are into paying close attention to Shia LaBeouf, you know, I would say, see what he does moving forward. You know, like he talks about experiencing, you know, this great desire not, you know, once he was able to begin taking communion, um, he experienced this great desire to never miss an opportunity to take communion or to attend mass. And I mm. see that as great action, you know, like that is a movement of his heart and something that he, you know, really felt deeply with. So yeah. I remembered what I wanted to say. <laughs> Go for it. And this is, Mike has more experience in the Jesuit tradition mm. than I do. I'm more of the Capuchin Franciscan tradition. But doesn't Ignatius say something like you uh, give people the benefit of the doubt? Yes, pre- the presupposition is correct. Yes. Yes. Right. So I think the initial response to the question of the day is, yeah, you presume he's telling the truth and and we should take him seriously unless he gives us reason not to. Yeah. I yes. think part of our culture because we've probably all been hurt as individuals and as a culture over time is to look at people with suspicion and Mm -hmm. could that really be true? I don't know about this guy, but um, it sets one's heart at ease and others' hearts at ease when we believe what people say and start there with the presumption, no, he's, he's, he's telling the truth. And for a Hollywood actor to have a conversion to Catholicism um, Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily give you more fans it may give you less <laughs> yes. and fewer yeah, right. sure. you know yeah. so i don't know what he has to gain from from uh, acting in a padre pio movie like mark Wahlberg yeah spent money doing the father stew film mm-hmm. and he spent all mo- most of his own money and it wasn't like it was a huge box office hit right and didn't make him uh a, a greater um celebrity in the eyes of much of the world so yeah, I, I don't know what he had to, to to gain by sharing the conversion story other than maybe some more converts along the way. You know, I think it was a risk. He could have said, yeah. you know, I'm just going to kind of keep this down because I don't want to ruin my reputation. But yeah. Kristen um, Chenoweth, the great Broadway actress, used to go to my parish. And she, oh, would, yeah? and she would say that, like, people would make fun of her all the time for being Catholic. And she said, mm-hmm. you know, I don't stop being Catholic because I'm doing that. She said, but certainly ain't winning me any awards. Right, you know? right. <laughs> like, yeah. I was thinking, too. We don't know how the whole interview went with Bishop Barron. We got 120 mm-hmm. minutes of yeah, it. Yeah, right. And I don't know if it's like a Joe Rogan show. I don't think it was filmed live, right? No, I don't think so. So there were Didn't probably some, yeah. some edits in there. And who knows what other conversations came up. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, too, we do live in a culture where we feel the right and uh, to know everything about everyone and entitled and not everything needs to be discussed, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. this doesn't mean that we're not transparent or that we're not making ourselves vulnerable or authentic, mm-hmm. but not everybody needs to know everything about everything. And right. I don't know where all those conversations are going. Again, I don't know uh, Shia as, as well as some others do, but um, my home pastor, Father Carlin, has a line. He says, you, you, you praise in public and you critique or criticize in private. Right. So um, I think that's a good policy too. And Bishop Barron's about telling the good news. And I think Father McDermott, is that his last name? Yeah. yeah. Recognize that a lot of the work that he's doing and just having these conversations is good. Yeah. So maybe we'll see something later, but you're not going to get everything in one interview either. Right. You know? and, and he was open enough, Shia was open enough to actually say more than I think 
Bishop Barron expected him to. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, from my own media experience, people would say, well, I'll give you the interview, but I don't want to talk about X, which is like mm-hmm. the big subject of the day. Mm-hmm. We used to get around it. We said, look, we, we've got to ask you about that, but you have the right to say, no, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But we have to be on record in saying we asked. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was like, mm, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there was enough in there for me that said, you know, that – okay, I know I've done some really horrible things and now I'm trying to move past that mm-hmm. and this is part of my moving past that. Um, and that was kind of enough for me. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And America Magazine is a, it's a journal and they're journalists. Correct. Although this was an op-ed opinion, I guess, because he's an editor, which is different from what Bishop Barron is doing. He's yeah, a bishop, right. right? So these are different arenas um, and different kind of questions are asked within those arenas, I think, you know. Yeah. I think, too, that we might be – whenever someone famous starts to say that they've had some kind of religious experience, sometimes I think we've been hoodwinked by people. Like, I remember Britney Spears had, had texted or um, – I shouldn't say texted, had tweeted that time, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, Catholic, ca- I'm Catholic now. Yeah. yeah. And then he never heard anything more about it, which, you know, like Kayla was sort of saying before, look for actions. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I started waiting. following her on Instagram that day. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wow, I got it. I'm like, whoa, well. Yeah, where someone like, I don't know, like, like Stephen Colbert, let's say, is for instance, who's very open about his Catholicism, well, you know, he teaches Sunday school, you know, in his right. parish, you know. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. that other guy we were talking about in the hollow app, the kicker for the Chiefs, you know his name, I don't. Right, uh, Butker, yes. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those kinds of things. You know, if you see some actions, I think that maybe, I think that's a good, Kayla, thanks, that was kind of a good yeah. little measure for us. Well, and I think, yeah. too, you know, just sitting and watching him you know during the whole interview with bishop aaron it seems like he's in such a better place than he was you know and i just think that's a really beautiful thing and it would be really awesome if people were quick to be like man look at that beautiful thing like go shia you know like good for him you know but so many people are quick to be aggressive or defensive or Mm. um you know not to 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 critique and not you know believe people instead of being like yeah yeah, go, it, go here's the thing. I, I believe this was true about his experience, but it's interesting. I've had the opposite experience. You know, he said that he really liked the Latin mass because he said mm-hmm. that the the other mass, he felt like people were trying to sell him a car. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's how I feel about some people who try to sell me the Latin mass some days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. And it was kind of funny. Like when I was when, when he said it, I was kind of like, huh. I was yeah. like. That's how I feel, but the other way. <laughs> yeah. You got me interested in checking out a Latin mass because I never have before. But yeah, I've been. Because he was saying it's all like he doesn't really – he doesn't know Latin, so it's all mm-hmm. like feeling for him. And I was like, that sounds interesting. That does you sound know, interesting. I've never yeah. actually experienced it. And that's pro- part of the artistic temperament mm-hmm. too, I think, that's coming out. Like there's something going on here. And yeah. the, the, the traditional Latin mass is – it's mysterious mm-hmm. and it's – and to be able to pray in a language where – Someone's praying in a language that's not yours, but you know something's going on. Um, I mean, I had that experience at World Youth Day, first mm-hmm. time in 97 in Paris, France. John Paul II, Pope John Paul is praying in French. He's praying in Italian and Latin. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, there's something going on here. I don't understand it, but I kind of do understand it all, yeah. you know? And so, I mean, and I know those are different things, but yeah. I think there that there is something that I find it. I, I'm not a big Latin mass guy myself, but I find attractive about the universality of being a Roman Catholic and yeah. the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. that it's for everyone yeah. and, and all languages. And I've been to Mass in Swahili and mm-hmm. Italian and French and Spanish. 
and it's always it's always something. So it's interesting what you just said that happened to me in Nicaragua. We had a priest come in to do mass for us um, at the orphanage that we were at in the chapel, and he gave this whole homily in Spanish, and it wasn't really translated. Like mm. the the at one point, like the translator would would say back to us what he was saying. He was a very enthusiastic preacher. At one point, we just told him to stop because mm-hmm. all of us were like, no, we, we understand what he's saying, even mm-hmm. though none of us speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like there was something that was being communicated to us that was really beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even though we didn't speak the same language, it was like, yeah. You know, and he asked us later, what, did you, what do you think that he was saying to you? And we said, well, it doesn't really matter what he was saying to us. It was just what was being expressed to us was this. And he was mm-hmm. like, and the translator said, yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it was like, you guys got it, you know? Interesting. Cool. Interesting. So let's pray for Shia LaBeouf and see uh, mm-hmm. where he goes from there. We'll keep, his, we'll keep an eye on him from, uh, from afar. We'll go see the movie that yeah, comes um, out, Padre Pio. Interestingly, Padre Pio Day is the 23rd of September. I think he died in 1968. I think that's right. Yeah. And Bruce Springsteen was born on uh, – <laughs> I know, it always comes back to Springsteen for me. September 23rd, but 1949. So Springsteen mm. will turn 73 yes. next Friday. I yes. think that's right. That's right. We should have a party. Yeah, we'll pray, <laughs> pray for um, – I'll pray for Shia, pray for Bruce, and through the intercession of Padre Pio. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, we got a little commercial today. So our Catholic Charities folks, um, they've received, uh, the Catholic Charities Appeal received a $110,000 matching gift from the Humble Heart Gentle Soul Foundation, which celebrates Catholic Charities' 110th anniversary. So yay. Um, but because of that, anyone who is giving money to the 2022 Catholic Charities Appeal will have their donations matched dollar for dollar up oh, to wow. $110,000. So that's awesome. Um, So if you would like to make a celebratory gift that will be matched dollar for dollar, you can text CC Hope to 41444, or you can visit catholiccommunity.org slash match. That's catholiccommunity.org slash match. Uh, You could also call 216-696-6525, extension 1910, to donate. Cool. Very cool. So, Catholic Charities doing God's work. They are doing all kinds of things. They feed the hungry and they shelter the homeless and they uh, help people who um, are entering this country uh, mm-hmm. for the first time. And they do all kinds of things. So they do some good work here in the diocese especially. So help them out. And uh, we – other places that have helped us out are churches. And so, Kayla, we thought we would invite you to talk a little bit about your church. So where do you go to church? Sure. So I go to St. Mary of the Falls in Olmstead Falls. They got a visiting priest there who's kind of a little wacky, I think. Yeah, he's all right. He's a loser. (laughs) (laughs) So Father Damien helps us out on the weekends. So we have one priest there, Father Ryan Cabrera, uh, who's a very great uh, teacher and homilist. I've learned a lot from him in uh, the last few years of my conversion. Um, I was baptized there, so in my ah. conversion experience, I was not baptized Ooh-hoo. as an infant. So, um, yeah, I think of myself as a daughter of the parish in mm. that way. Um, but I always think of St. Mary of the Falls as very beautiful in its simplicity. Um, it's not like an overly ornate church or anything, um, but I've just the people there are really phenomenal. I totally fell in love with the people there, um, and they were the ones that really helped to draw me in. Um, and to get me interested in the Catholic faith because my husband actually converted a year before I did. Ah. Um, so I didn't really know anyone there, but um, they loved me before I was a part of their family. Aww. So 
Um, but also, they have a really great live teen program. We just had our fall kickoff yesterday, and it was a lot of fun. Cool Instagram pics. Yes, those. cool Instagram Swenson pics. Swenson truck. Swenson trucks, inflatables. Mac yeah. and cheese bites. Yes, and we had uh, adoration outside, bites. and that was really fun. So I'm on the core team for that, and we just have a blast. So yeah, I really cool. love it. Cool. I think it's a very welcoming community. Yeah. When you first walk in there, people are happy to see you. They smile. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Mary of the Falls is also affectionately known as Smoff mm-hmm. around the diocese. Smoff, and yes. the, teen, the teens call themselves the Smoffia, which I think oh, is hilarious. Nice. <laughs> and Father Ryan Kubera, the pastor there, was one of my teens at St. Mary's in Hudson. My first year there, he was in his senior year of high school. Oh, wow. So one of my former teens is now my weekend pastor, which is great. And he, he's, a, he's a lovely man. He's a good, good dude. All comes full circle. Mm-hmm. And the gospel comes full circle most of the time. So we're going to go to Luke's gospel for this weekend. And, uh, and lying at the rich man's door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would have gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. We'll leave that cliffhanger there for you for the weekend. But the only reason I chose that was because there was dogs in it. Yeah. <laughs> that little big section. Fan. So I'm a big fan of dogs. Yeah. And the dogs treated the poor man better than That's the right. rich man who didn't even notice him. Exactly. So yeah. pay attention to what happens to the rich man at the end of the gospel. And uh, mm-hmm. e- even when he says, uh, you know, hey, can I take care of my family in some way? Can, can, can we help here? But there's, there's a lot in this gospel this weekend. Oh, yeah. and there's also... At the Cleveland Museum of Art, mm. an excellent, huge canvas, like the size of one of these walls. I know we're on radio and you can't see, mm-hmm. but it's big. Um, an image of this story from the uh, from oh, the Gospel yeah. of Luke nice. in there. It's yeah, wonderful yeah. to contemplate. I love that museum. You know, I, I'm not an art museum kind of guy. Like, And my wife and I went when we first moved here. It has still been our favorite thing in Cleveland yeah. like, the whole free. time. And it's free, right? That's the other thing. You know? One of the best in the world. We, yeah. Art, it's 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 a great blessing of Cleveland. That's yeah. where that's actually where my husband proposed to me. Uh-huh. Really, where in the atrium? No, he had a goal of he made a painting and he was going to put a painting in the art museum <laughs> that said "Kayla, will you marry me?" And it's it's pretty big, um, but um, the guy. I guess the paintings that come in have to be checked by mm-hmm. security, and the guy that does that was on vacation the week mm. that my husband wanted to propose. So instead, he just set up an easel outside on the on the sidewalk out behind and, like, invited family and friends and stuff. Oh, and I told him later, after he told me, he's like, I wanted to have it hanging. I'm like, if you had gotten a painting in the art museum before me, I would have been so sad because I'm uh, an artist. You know, but yeah, right. no, it was cool. That's very cool. That's funny. It was very cool. would have said no, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what? I would have been very surprised in many ways. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah. check out the Cleveland Art Museum when you get a chance if yeah. uh, you're in our fair city. And we'll have all that. You know, you'll learn a lot here. You'll learn a little bit about Cleveland, a little bit about faith, a little bit about <laughs> a bunch of things, a little bit about acting mm-hmm. here on Question of Faith. Rock and roll. <laughs> 